This is Mike Butler. You're listening to Bisbee Live. I'm going to read from Abdi Noor Ipton's book this week, just a little passage from chapter four, uh, his book, Call Me American. Again, I am promoting an event that I am putting on September 7th and 8th, bringing Abdi Noor Ipton into Arizona. September 7th in Tucson, September September 8th in Bisbee. Go to my website for more details, bisbeelive.com. Uh, I've been reading his book, and it's been uh, uh, quite an experience and definitely a different perspective that I'm not used to uh, 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 reading, I guess. This is from Chapter 4, uh, Abdi's life. He's in Mogadishu uh, in Somalia. The country's being torn apart. Internally, with uh, warring tribes uh, and militiamen taking over Mogadishu, he's uh, separated from his father at this point. His father was a famous basketball player in Mogadishu before uh, the conflicts happened in the, in the early 90s. So uh, Abdi is just a young child here, and he talks about um, kind of his first um, exposure and immersion with with American culture, and it was through uh, movies, specifically shoot 'em up action movies uh, from the 80s. Uh, I'll read the passage; it'll explain more. Um, I just thought it was an interesting uh, little tidbit and uh, an interesting way to, to to learn English and learn about a culture. Uh, eventually, the Marines will come into Mogadishu in the early 90s uh, to kind of help the UN to actually uh, provide resources to the people who were uh, starving to death. Um, the supplies were not getting to the people because, as, as Abdi puts it, uh, warlords grabbed all the food and medicine for themselves and, and gave none to the people, uh, hoarding it all and letting people starve. I don't want to get give away too much. You should go out and buy this book, Call Me American. This is Abdi Noor Ifton's book, Call Me American, from Chapter 4. With so much of the city destroyed, people moved into houses they found in the neighborhoods whose owners had either died or never returned. Old buildings of universities, schools, and hospitals became makeshift refugee camps. But some people also returned to their former houses, including a woman named Fallis, who would change my life. Fallis was a, a Dark, a tall, dark woman in her 20s. Like many sophisticated Mogadishu women, she wore makeup, including eyeliner and a, a, a bright yellow foundation made from ground turmeric. In peacetime, she had been fat, which in Somalia is a sign of beauty. Many men chased her, but during the war, she came back skinny, and she was worried that her beauty was gone. She had been lucky that her house survived the war, in part thanks to having relatives in the militias who guarded it while she was gone. Before the war, Fallis had a good job as the ticket seller at the Cinema Equator. She remembered seeing my dad on weekends, hanging out with his friends in those peaceful days. When she came back to Mogadishu, she was able to get a television, some video cassettes, and a VCR, which she had set up in a shack attached to her house. With a gasoline generator and fuel she had somehow secured from the militia forces, 
she started a makeshift cinema and dance parlor, hoping to charge a few coins for admission. At first, she wouldn't let us kids wander in, uh, but we could hear the sounds outside her door while she was testing the equipment. One of the tapes she played over and over was the Michael Jackson music video Thriller, and I would dance with other boys to the beat from her courtyard. I loved that song so much. Uh, one day when I was out there dancing, Valis came out to hang posters of Rambo, the Terminator, and Chuck Norris, which she had saved from the cinema Equator. Uh, I stared at the men in the posters, big, strong Americans flexing huge muscles, not like the skinny people in Mogadishu. I didn't understand what an actor was or that the men called Rambo, the Terminator, and Commando might have other names in real life. I just went and looked at those posters every day, imagining what those strong people must be like. Sometimes rebels would come up to the posters and spit on them like they were picking a fight with the men in the posters. But whoever these men were, I knew it would be a fight the rebels could not win. The weapons uh, the movie people carried were much bigger and shinier than anything the militias had in Mogadishu. Uh, Falius needed help getting that shack cleaned up and ready uh, for people to watch the movies because, uh, because I was outside the shack all the time looking at the posters or dancing. She asked if I would help. For the first time, I was allowed inside. The shack had a dirty floor and was filthy. I got to work climbing up into narrow corners and pulling off spider webs, dusting off the TV screen, cleaning the cassettes, fetching water, and arranging where people would sit. Finally, the space was ready. I was so excited that I was going to see the people on those posters in a movie. The first movie Hassan and I saw was Commando. Uh, starring Arnold Schwarzenegger. I sat there with my jaw practically on the dirt floor, my eyes popping out. The audience cheered, laughed, and applauded whenever an action scene happened. Of course, none of us knew any English. Uh, we couldn't understand anything they were saying, so whenever there was a bit of conversation in the movie, we shouted at Commando to stop talking and shoot to kill. Everyone hated the talk. They wanted shootings and killings and bloodshed just like real life in Mogadishu, but better. People would wander out of the shack during the talk and come running back when they heard the gunfire. Others stayed, but just talked to each other during the dialogue until the action started. I stayed. I, I never talked to Hassan or anyone during the dialogue. I, I loved the action best but I, I also had a burning desire to know what they were saying. So I sat there glued to the screen. I watched the actors intensely as they talked, trying to read their lips. I picked up words and phrases that were repeated often, most of them related to guns and death. I learned to recognize words like shoot and kill. I realized I had some ability to hear the words easily and remember them. Hassan and I, uh, his brother, Hassan and I went back to watch movies whenever we weren't at the madrasa or fetching food and water. Falis let us watch in return for sweeping the dirt floor, floor. We saw Rambo and The Terminator and The Delta Force, all action movies. I got to know the scenes by heart, exactly what would happen and what Commando or The Terminator or Rambo would say. I met new friends in the movie shack, Mohammed, Bashi, 
uh, Bacau. At the end of the day, when Valis said she was closing, we would walk home and quiz each other on the movie, reminding each other of scenes, talking about what we liked. We would act out scenes, throwing rocks, jumping over debris, and pretending to speak English. I read Arnold's lips and moved my mouth the way he did. I drove my mom crazy saying, I'll be back, over and over again. I didn't even know what that meant, but I, I knew it sounded cool. For the first time in years since going with my dad to the basketball games, I felt truly happy. I had no more strong dad to look up to, but now I had these big strong action heroes giving me so much excitement. I wanted Commando to come to Mogadishu and kill all the militias in the city. Uh, again, a passage from chapter four of Call Me American, uh, Abdi Noor Ifton's book. He will be here in Arizona, southern Arizona, in September next month, September 7th in Tucson, Barnes & Noble, uh, west side location from 1 to 3, and uh, Bisbee on September 8th at the Bisbeans and Rice space from 2 to 4. Roughly, I may be doing my interview at the Bisbeans and Rice space before that. Everyone in Bisbee listening uh, who can make it, show up before 2. Uh, 2 to 4, the book signing and Q&A. Uh, more information can be found at bisbeelive.com. Thanks for listening. I will see you next week.